Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. Is he okay? You don't care if he's okay. You care if he's showing. It's my responsibility, Owen. Well, I'm his uncle. We talked about this. When the time comes, he must be trained. Like you trained his father? Anakin is dead, Ben. And I won't let you make the same mistake twice. So leave him on the farm with his family where he belongs. Just in general, technology has not been my friend this morning. We're having a, like a little bit of uh, recording struggle. Hopefully that's not going to have an impact on the show because today is a very important day. And it began with technical difficulties. Um, I get up at six o'clock in the morning because we're going to record early for the exciting premiere of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. And as soon as I, <laughs> I'm exhausted and I'm cranky to have to get up, but it's all going to be worth it. And I fire up Disney+, Plus and it can't connect for no particular reason. It's just giving me an error message. It's like, sorry, there's a problem. Disney+, Plus can't connect right now. Please try again later. <laughs> And, uh, of course, that was infuriating because I got up early and also I've been anticipating this for like months and months and months. And as is usually the case, all you have to do is refresh and it comes back to me no problem. But for that two second period, I was like, no, no, don't do No, don't that do would this. be so frustrating. <laughs> well, and I thought also, like, is it possible that the whole world is as excited for Obi-Wan Kenobi as I am and like servers crashed? No, because as much as we love Star Wars frankly pales in comparison to the fandoms of like Loki or something like that. And they're also, they're Disney and they're able to sustain like masses. I didn't really think that was the problem. Who knows what it was? Not a big deal, but might be a bit of a technological curse coming from me today. <laughs> well, that is good. I, uh, I was, I didn't have any of those issues. Uh, and that's actually an interesting question. I, I would actually go to venture that, uh, Mando probably does as well, if not better than some of the Marvel shows. Are they cagey um, about ratings like Netflix is? Uh, they aren't necessarily. Actually, to be honest, Book of Boba Fett did better than Mando. So um, they're, I, I think it's, it's anarchy. because they just have, <laughs> they, they have more uh, viewers. And yeah. so it's, and everybody who watched, it basically just meant that everybody who watched Mando watched Book of Boba Fett, whether they liked it as much or not. Uh, and then when all the talk of Luke Skywalker came back, that, that encouraged it. So I think Obi-Wan is getting pretty incredible viewership because it's going to hit on every level. If you liked A New Hope and you're just an OG, like, Stan, then this is still going to really check some boxes and you're going to want to see it. And this is going to be like, is this going to be redemption for that terrible Revenge of the Sith? Or if you're like more people, uh, you love Revenge of the Sith and you love uh, New Hope. And this is this wonderful bridge that we're going to finally get between the longest, well, not the longest, the second longest gap between films in the Skywalker saga. Um, but to me, the one that is uh, definitely the most influential in the Skywalker timeline uh, as it's the the true darkest time. Uh, and so being able to really dive into that with somebody that we love like Obi-Wan and then of course um, Vader will be coming soon. Uh, it's uh, so damn exciting. And for me, my internal clock always wakes me up. I was expecting to get up at around five to watch it. Um, but my uh, body woke up at one and I checked Reddit and they it had released at one o'clock our time. And so I got out of bed because my body immediately got like too excited to fall back to sleep. <laughs> like you uh, woke up to the smell of freshly baked cookies or something, but it was new Star Wars content. 
Yeah, it was really, <laughs> really weird. Like, I don't wake up at, like, because I went to bed at, uh, I think, quarter to 10, and I just woke up at one. That yeah. doesn't happen no. for me. And so it was really strange. And then just all of a sudden, I, I checked my phone because I wasn't that sleepy when I woke up. And sure enough, there was some fresh Star Wars uh, cooking in the kitchen. So I, I made some decaf and uh, and popped them back to back and then wow. went to bed at 345. <laughs> I wonder why they came out early. Uh, I don't know. My guess is uh, Star Wars Celebration. Uh, yeah. So Star Wars Celebration is coming this week. And I do believe they showed the first two episodes in the evening yesterday. And so just to reduce the amount of discussion that would leak out, they probably just wanted to say, ah, well, let's just release it a couple hours early. It's good to go. There's no downside in releasing it a couple hours early. Yeah. Uh, it's just a little, little gift to the fans who are are waiting and refreshing Disney Plus that they can get it a little. And it'll also reduce the likelihood of the server crashing too, because you're not going to have everybody going for one specific time. Uh, you're going to have uh, trickle in from people who are going to notice that it's coming out a little early. Well, it does occur to me that there is a, speaking of Netflix, there's a streaming nerdgasm about to happen today because it's also the return of Stranger Things for the first time in three years, which it hadn't occurred to me oh. that they were happening on the same day. Even more interesting when you factor in that a couple of months ago, Obi-Wan actually changed its release date by 48 mm. hours. And so I don't imagine they intend to compete with each other, but they're probably, I don't know, I can't decide if it's a good thing for them or not, but there's a lot of overlap in the fan bases. I think that's a, a I don't think that'll impact Star Wars. I don't think that's a great thing for Stranger Things. Yeah, uh, me too. Stranger Things doesn't have a strong enough IP to overshadow obi-wan freaking kenobi this is the it could overshadow like as much as we'll talk about it later Andor being something that i think i've i've never overlooked uh because i expected it to be this epic looking and it it's now waking some people up yeah but Andor will still be overlooked by some people in the masses just because of the title and Obi-Wan won't be. But the crazy thing is Stranger Things could overshadow most things. Like it's it's really unfortunate that's what, yeah. that that's what it's competing against because for as new of an IP as it is, Grand Scheme, it's got a pretty powerful one in part because of the genre in which it plays, but also just because mm. like, I mean, I love Stranger Things. I'm really excited for Stranger Things, but I haven't spent any time this week anticipating it because I've got my blinders on. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, uh, I mean, we're getting to all things except for the the meat of the Obi-Wan episodes um, so far, but who cares? Um, there is going to be a show that is very much capitalizing on Stranger Things vibes. Mm. So Skeleton Crew has been rumored for a while uh, and it was announced. That's the new uh, Disney Plus show with Jude Law. Uh, I feel like we had it, no sense of this. You mentioned that you were it was on your radar, but I don't think we've ever talked about something called Skeleton Crew. No, so it was uh, behind the scenes known as Grammar Rodeo, and I don't think we've even mentioned that. It's something that I've been following for a little while. We've been off the podcast. We just haven't had that many podcasts, sure. and it's never struck my mind um, with because there's been kind of some leaks around this being something that was it was initially uh, rumored to be a Stranger Things type show in the old in the High Republic. And then it was uh, revealed to be uh, it's going to be part of the Mandoverse. And so that was confirmed. It's no longer called Grammar Rodeo. It's called Skeleton Crew mm. uh, and Jude Law is in it. Uh, and then the main characters, though, are kids. And oh, it cool. looks like they get into something probably over their head and then need to find their way home. Um, and so that's all we know about the show. But 
the the Stranger Things vibe is rubbing off on Star Wars as well. So that sounds cool too. Grammar Rodeo is a cool name for what it's. I don't know what that means, but that's like a cool sounding title. Uh, all I hear from Grammar Rodeo is like it just immediately made me think of um, rounding up kids for Luke's Jedi Academy. Yeah. Um, and when I see Jude Law, all I see is young Lor Santeca. Sure. So not a young Michael Gambon, apparently. Another uh, no, classic Harry no, Potter reference. I'm going to make them until the day I die. No, that's <laughs> fair. But I, I actually think he he really looks like a young um, sure, I see Lor Santeca yeah. or Max von Sydow. And yeah. um, like they, they both have that same kind of facial structure. So that was my initial assumption as to who he could be. He's probably a new character entirely, but yeah. um, that will be likely uh sliding into maybe some of the void of rangers of the old republic uh in the mandoverse timeline but um who knows maybe that show isn't dead either so speaking of kids younglings in a jedi academy yes. that's essentially where obi-wan kenobi opens we get after a long time ago in a galaxy far far away and you and i had discussed off mm -hmm. microphone whether or not they were going to leave that behind i was so glad that that was the opening for yes. him uh then we get a really well edited uh prequel recap with obviously a heavy lean on specifically the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin. So they kind of cut out like most Padme, like Jar Jar political stuff. It was mostly about them. They give you a recap. Lots of, of Qui-Gon though. Lots of Qui-Gon, the, the prequel trilogy, and certainly Palpatine is in there. Um, there's going to be a lot of takes. A lot of people say that instead of the whole prequel trilogy, you could just watch this recap. Obviously, I don't feel that way. Although this series kind of exists, not not to replace the prequels, but like, it is an original Star Wars A New Hope prequel itself, and it's kind of telling a lot of the same story. It's a real companion piece, and it opens on yet another flashback of Recorder 66 when Jedis are getting just like brutally chopped down, and then we go to uh, Tatooine, I guess, although we don't, we don't run into Obi-Wan for a little while. They save him. They do. Uh, they save him a little bit. Uh, we immediately uh, cut to the Inquisitors is what we That's go right. to right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but And we see the Grand Inquisitor and then it's, I think, the fifth or seventh brother. I can't remember. Um, I think it's the fifth. And uh, then Reva, the third sister. Um, and this is something that I went back to check. And there is a little girl in that opening sequence who has a braid. Um, oh, interesting. And so... Great catch. Yeah, it's been something that everybody's been kind of like, why is she so angry with Obi-Wan? And I was able to find one other person on Reddit who agreed with me. Um, I think that she will, we will get another extension of that scene and that those, all those kids are going to get killed. Yeah, except um, for her. Except for her, except yeah. for her. She's going to be taken and she, that's why she's considered the the trash of the inquisitors in that she was just a scared little kid who joined them as opposed to somebody who actually turned yeah. on the jedi order she kind of had to be indoctrinated and what did obi-wan kenobi do uh obi-wan came back to the jedi temple but he also said he sent out a message for all jedi to stay away mm -hmm. so if she finds that message which she said she went through all the jedi archives if she finds obi-wan's message of stay away from the Jedi temple, going to hiding. Yeah. She may see, wait a minute, Obi-Wan Kenobi is the piece of shit that meant nobody came to save me. Yeah. I had to become an inquisitor because Obi-Wan freaking Kenobi told all the Jedi 
to run away and go into hiding? Well, that's the thing. Seriously? She doesn't She doesn't seem to really want to be an inquisitor. She's not indoctrinated in a conventional sense because she doesn't follow the the lay of no. the law. She She's really on her own uh, spiteful mission. That's so interesting. And she's certainly very strong with the force. Like we see in episode two, is getting ahead of ourselves, but she rips the thoughts right out of Kumail Nanjiani's mind in a way that we've only ever seen Kylo Ren do. And that's probably a mm -hmm. dark force uh, power because it's like quite a nefarious and um, and cruel thing to do to somebody, an unfair uh, use of the force. But it also strikes me as something that it would take like a really strong force user to be capable of. Well, the Grand Inquisitor, I think it's him, maybe it's the fifth brother who specifically just says, you're here for your abilities. Mm -hmm. You don't deserve to be here. Right. Uh, and so she's clearly talented. Um, I have no idea what fate we're going to see from Reva, but I, I that's actually been the only thing I've seen online that some people have not liked, mm -hmm. is some people have not liked Reva. And I'm completely on the side of, I love how over the top hateful she is, how yeah. just, just burning with anger she is. She's just a seething example of um, uh, kind of like what Anakin, if he Anakin turn, turned to the dark side in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. That's kind of what we're getting with, with Reva, somebody who's completely uh, incapable of controlling their emotions, but filled with all this dark side hate. And I, I really, really love it. I thought she was awesome. Apparently, Moses Ingram had a meeting with Star Wars executives where they warned her about the racism that was coming after her. Like basically, like, mm -hmm. look, this is we've seen this before. Guarantee it's going to happen. So buckle up. And that sucks, um, but it doesn't surprise me at all. And for the record, I thought that she was like a really, really great villain in this first two part arc. Yeah, I com I completely agree. Um, and uh, I thought that uh, Sung Kang did the best with what he was given. Mm -hmm. His lines were pretty rough, yeah. uh, and uh, he was extremely cartoony feeling for some me. Of, some um, of the, the, the clunky dialogue gives it a bit of a prequel vibe, frankly. And like, I even bring yeah. that back to Ewan McGregor's performance. Like, obviously I think he's a great actor and I think his performance specifically as Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith is like some of the best acting we get in all of Star Wars. But also like Ewan McGregor, there's a reason he's not like, He's kind of more like a Michael Fassbender type like character actor who happens to be really handsome and could be a leading man, but he's not like Tom Cruise. He's extremely famous, but like his his movies where he's the leading man in like Doctor Sleep or Christopher Robin kind of become these forgettable movies because he's sort of a one note actor. And his one note is being really good at Obi Wan Kenobi. And he's like been very good in other things. I like Train Spotting, and I'm not. I'm trying not to slight him, but like he's able to deliver the clunky dialogue of Obi Wan Kenobi. And it was important that they try not too hard to transition away from what made that character a character in his previous iterations. Yeah. No, absolutely. And so, I mean, like, I'm not against clunky, clunky dialogue here and there. It's, it's, it's got its place, especially when it's delivered well. But I just think that in the case of maybe like um, the fifth brother, it could have been a little bit, it, it, it could have been maybe a little bit more polished. It could have right. been a little less uh, breathy villain of just expository dialogue. Yeah. Um, but so, the Grand Inquisitor, mm. uh, I was pleasantly surprised with. Yeah. Um, I thought that the 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 makeup, the the headpiece, the teeth, 
the eyes, they all looked better in other shots than what we saw in the trailer. The trailer really is the worst shots. Uh, so if I rated it as like a three out of 10 before, mm -hmm. I'll give it a six out of 10 now. Good. So it was a, a bit of failure before, but now it's, it's passable. Uh, and so I was, I was okay with that, which was, which was positive to see because he also is killing it. Rupert friend is doing yeah. a really good job of the posh, uh, sinister vibe that the Grand Inquisitor has. So the Inquisitors have come to Tatooine uh, hunting Jedi. Obviously, specifically, Reva wants Obi-Wan. They find that to be a distraction because it's all she can focus on. There is, in fact, another Jedi uh, on Tatooine, played by Benny Safdie, and he's in this saloon. Um, and they don't get him right away. They get him later on in the episode after he has an opportunity to, to seek out Obi-Wan. At first, Obi-Wan's like go away, bro, you've got me confused with somebody else. And then he realizes he can't do that. Gives, uh, I don't know the character's name, but gives Benny Safdie some advice, basically says, go out into the desert, bury your lightsaber in the sand and forget you were ever a Jedi because it's over, man. It's, we, the fight's over, mm -hmm. we lost, hide. Uh, all of that voiceover from the original trailer is in fact from that conversation. Yeah. Um, and obviously this is disappointing to Benny Safdie. Uh, but then he dies in the end of the, the first episode. He's he's hanged in Town Square in Tatooine. And that was kind of an important um, inciting action for Obi-Wan. It kind of, he realizes then that if he does nothing, there's going to be blood on his hands. Yeah, that was uh, sad. Yeah, it was. I think his name is Nari, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he was just, coming hat in hand and Obi-Wan gives him very um, Luke in the last Jedi um, Yoda on Dagobah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to help you here. Right. Uh, and it's interesting to see it go downhill so quickly there. Mm -hmm. And he's, he gets caught and that blood is on Obi-Wan's hands and he can't continue to sit still when, the the true inciting incident of uh, Leia being kidnapped um, comes into play. Yeah, and and it's great that you brought that up because you were right in your prediction that the lion's share of the footage we've seen in trailers would be in these first two episodes, maybe all of it. Like pretty much going forward, everything is going to be new, which is really really mm. exciting. Um, but it was also a really well made trailer because it managed to hide one of the most important plots of this first two episode arc. And so obviously the trailer gives away what we could have predicted, which is that Obi-Wan's in hiding. Uh, they're searching for him. He has a fraught relationship with Owen Lars. He has a duty to watch over Luke, but there's obviously, you know, some difficulty in his relationship with the, with the Lars family. Um, what they gave us nothing of nothing in the trailer was that this whole story in the first two episodes anyway, revolves around the kidnapping of Princess Leia, which was pretty exciting. Yeah, no, it really was. Uh, interestingly enough, these first two episodes, I've, I loved them. Yeah. They were exactly what I was expecting. So I heard through the the, the leakest verse uh, that uh, indeed Princess Leia would be kidnapped. Okay. And that was what Obi-Wan, uh, what got Obi-Wan off the rock. Uh, and I also heard that um, that was um, Benny Safdie was playing a Jedi mm -hmm. uh, and that that was his feet in the trailer yeah. <laughs> hanging. And so everything was very easy for me to piece together as to what I was expecting in these first two episodes. And it couldn't have it, it couldn't have 
it still surprised me and still excited yeah. me and still it was incredible. And so that's what I really loved. It felt like, okay, I, I kind of was expecting this, but in a way that Star Wars is chronicling what happened. Mm -hmm. And so if something happens the way I expect it, then that's, that's kind of, that's kind of great. There's a little bit of validation there. You don't, sometimes you want that. And sometimes that's what people get mad about when, with what they're not expecting what they're expecting doesn't happen yeah well um, plus it's exciting when you get over with the stuff that you already knew was coming so that the remaining four yeah. episodes can be this is why sometimes uh streaming services or or even movie studios will release like the first 10 minutes of something that's highly anticipated mm. here's the first uh, 12 minutes of the new season of stranger things or the first five minutes of the new top gun movie or whatever because they know they're not going to give away anything that's consequential plot wise and it's going to enact your hunger it's really going to excite you and so that you happen to know even a little bit more than you were supposed to and still mm. don't feel like the overall story has been spoiled for you is great yeah and that's exactly what i was getting at in that, in that it really was exciting the way that they executed on all those things uh and even like kumail spilled the beans on who his character was yeah. like three days ago yeah uh he said his character was a con man um uh who i think he even mentioned that he was pretending to be a Jedi. If he wasn't, I also kind of thought that anyway, for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in the fact that he may not be in it anymore. It doesn't, I don't see any reason why he would, his character is going to pop up in this series anymore. And I yeah. didn't really necessarily, I expected him to have a little bit more presence, but then again, Benny Safdie's character is done. His character might be done in one episode too. There's well, nothing outside I, the realm of possibility there. I love the idea of somebody who, He's like a carnival oracle. He's like like pretending, he's scamming people out of their money by pretending to have force visions to comfort mm. them. And like that idea within the Star Wars universe is fantastic. I was so excited by it. And I'm also okay with him having um, virtues and like a, a conscience when he actually like genuinely wants to help Obi-Wan because some of our best Star Wars characters are lovable scumbags. Although mm -hmm. they accelerated that arc within his character like awful quickly. He goes from being like a real scumbag to like really wanting to help really quickly. <laughs> and it's funny because yes. he's like a funny guy, but they do kind of lead you to believe at first that he's going to join the ragtag fleet of Obi-Wan and his best pals. And I don't really think I want Obi-Wan to have an ensemble he works best when he's lurking in the shadows um, in both Ewan McGregor form and Alec Guinness form. And I think I want him mostly to be on his own. However, I would like to see that Kumail character again, because I, I like Kumail and I like the character in this episode. I very much would like to see the character again as well. Uh, the reason why the character has such a quick change of heart is because he clearly idolizes the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, he was good. He was right about to go after Obi-Wan until he sees leia being saved and he's like oh okay mm -hmm. i didn't realize you were a jedi i'll actually help you yeah um and so i think that like it, that's what kind of changes it for him where he's actually he sees a real jedi and then wants because he goes he, he wants the bounty at first right uh when he sees that he's like god oh, damn we could have we we could have had him great foreshadowing uh, yeah that, I, I think rescue moment by the way she says when when she finds out he's a jedi or she she at first thinks maybe he's a Jedi because he's claiming to be one. Um, she says, make me float if you're a Jedi. Jedi can make things float. And he's like, no. And then later on, he actually catches her from falling to her death, which was like a really cool thing. Because we actually don't see Obi-Wan yeah. use the Force in that sense very often in, in the series. Um, no. Or anyone for that matter. But it was, you know what's going to happen when you see her falling. Like there's no actual risk uh, to Leia <laughs> in this episode. And so it's kind of like free of actual suspense, but it's cool to see the story unfold. 
Yeah, well, it's, it's going to expose him, though. And so, you know, they're going to need to be more on the run after that. So that's uh, at least one angle to consider. Well, except one question we've had before is, does Carrie Fisher's Leia remember Obi-Wan? Has she met Obi-Wan? Because she introduces herself in the famous R2 message, years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. She really appears to not exactly know specifically who Obi-Wan is. And at first, when he introduces himself to her in episode two of this, um, he calls himself Ben. And I'm like, oh, of course. He just, she just knows Ben as this guy who she had an adventure with when she was 10. She doesn't know he's Obi-Wan. Although he does, um, his name gets said, I think Kumail says it, in the alleyway. And so I actually don't think that totally so adds up. And so does Reva. And so Carrie Fisher, um, Leia, should know who Obi-Wan is. And she should know that she has met him. She wouldn't not remember getting kidnapped when she was 10. Or the guy, the old guy who saved her. No, that's true, but I think it, the use of introducing himself as Ben is, is how they're going to get around that, and so that's going to be okay. Uh, yeah. But overall, uh, one of my m maybe most excitable moments, as much as seeing young Leia was awesome and seeing Alderaan was awesome, yeah, uh, I love me some Bail Organa, oh, and he yeah. was so good in this. Yeah, he was so good. The little speech about you are an Organa, uh, and the little inside jokes that they have and the little secret handshake that they have. He's just such a, like Darth Vader, worst dad in the galaxy, yeah. Bail Organa, best dad in the galaxy. Lovely guy. Yeah. Well, and what about this cousin, this like kind of bully cousin, older cousin she has who comes to visit? I figure he's probably a character from one of the young Leia books. To be honest, I don't remember him. Okay. Uh, I don't know if he's been like referenced in other things. He seems but, like he uh, should matter to the story. Like why would they put him in otherwise? I think just to say, point out her feeling like an outcast in in the family, maybe a little bit. Um, and what about but, uh, what about Leia's mom, like up. Mrs. Organa, the Queen, or or whatever? Freya. Um, <clears throat> I know there's a moment, and I some of the dialogue escapes me, but it's in Return of the Jedi on Endor. Leia's talking about her memories of her mother, but it's my understanding that they're very faint. She doesn't have much memory of her mom. I think she describes her as beautiful. And like, I guess when we watch that kind, now with some, with some context, we we are left kind of wondering, is she in fact having like a forced memory of Padme, who was kind yes. but sad? Um, so she knows that she's adopted. That's not lost on her. When she's talking about her mom later on, she's not in fact talking about, about Rhea. There's, Rhea. There's, there, Brea, there, there's not... There's not any significance to her relationship with Brea. Like, it, does this woman not matter too much to the to the history of Leia's character? She matters the same way that Bail Organa matters in the sense that they raised Princess Leia to lead the <clears throat> galaxy and be able to take the mantle of rebel leader and basically leader of the entire galaxy. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're incredibly important, kind and good parents. And that's the, the whole point is that you have Owen and Baru who are these kind, but short-sighted farmers. And then you have these kind, wealthy aristocrats who are truly good people yeah. and don't allow Leia to become this like fat cat. She becomes the Leia that we know and love and, yeah. and mold her and shape her. 
Uh, and so I, yeah, I just, I, I, they hold the same weight as, as Owen and Baru. They just, uh, this is really the first time Brea has gotten screen time. It's at least the first time she's spoken. The young actress who plays Leia uh, is Vivian Lyra Blair. I thought she was very good. I can't help but wonder mm. um, if the big rewrite that happened with Obi-Wan a couple of years ago, they maybe had some executives being like, ah, but can we have a cute kid? Because cute kids seem to work in Star Wars. <laughs> because she's a very cute kid. Um, and as like a, as a, as a slightly irritating, if adorable sidekick to the grumpy main character, like that dynamic has now like been wrote in Star Wars as like a very effective dynamic. Um, and it, yeah. and it might just be in chapter two of Obi-Wan Kenobi. It might not persist throughout the series. Um, but I thought she was very good. Does she remind you of Carrie Fisher though? Does she feel like Leia or does she just feel like a precocious little girl? She did a lot more in episode two for me. Okay. I thought episode two, uh, I preferred episode two. I thought they were both great. Yep. Uh, I think I preferred episode two. And uh, I thought it was primarily because she felt like Leia. Uh, she looked like Leia in that green little pon like poncho True. thing that made it look like Endor Leia. Uh, and it just, uh, the way she questioned everything about obi-wan and uh the way she was giving him so much sass it just felt so leia like uh she seemed a, maybe a little too unwilling to follow the rules on alderaan like yeah. she was like oh come on kid follow some rules yeah um but other than than that i mean they had to do it for the storyline uh but i thought she was excellent uh and i thought they did a great job in, in the casting and i i don't want a ton more leia uh, in this show, uh, but that's got nothing to say to the actress or the decision to put. I think it was perfect, maybe, but I don't. I think that story should fizzle out by the end of the next episode to leave room for the last three to not to maybe touch a little on Luke or to focus a little bit more on Obi Wan and and Vader directly. But then yeah. again, this is Vader's offspring, and I did think that was one of the thing that was. It, nice to see him compare the stubbornness to padme yeah but he also should be comparing the stubbornness to both of her parents because... that's what i thought he meant when he said you remind me of someone not padme oh yeah well the padme i i get that because they always want to play that padme and leia are like um but at the same time yeah leia's a lot leia's like both of her parents totally. luke is like luke is like um his mother a bit yep uh and he's not like his father at all not really uh the impulsiveness uh, that's it um but well, and the want to be in the middle like he like both luke yeah. and anakin really want to be there yeah but like even luke like luke's a good pilot but he's not the same obsessive pilot as anakin like luke can't fix things the way anakin could like i was expecting i, I was really hoping that she was gonna fix lola right there yeah her little sidekick droid uh, and say that like I'm good with, I'm good with fixing things or like make a little reference to little Annie and the Phantom Menace because yeah just because they're different genders doesn't mean that her like Anakin's daughter is not gonna be a little like him yeah not all dogs are boys and not all cats are girls yeah exactly <laughs> right I also liked episode two better just because there was more going on uh, like the first episode was essential it just had a lot more groundwork to lay and it was kind of a slow burn in a way that was effective and it's kind of okay if it feels like a slower burn on Tatooine because like plot is still happening on Tatooine but also Tatooine's a drag whereas in the big city I mean it's a drag too <laughs> in a different way but like there's a lot more going on um why is there not more 
royal security on Alderaan? Why can she just go into the woods and why can these uh, thugs just like wander around and chase her and there's one security guard who goes in to rescue her and he easily gets wiped away? They should look after the uh, <laughs> official children the princess more. a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, a little bit also Alderaan such a peaceful place that she could sure. freely run through the forest and not have to worry. But at the same time, no, she's a princess. She's a high value target. The galaxy is filled with a lot of scum and needles is one of them. Great use of flea. He was great yeah. here and he, and he dies. We're not going to see him again, but like him just being this like, a bounty hunter essentially, but like a really sleazy like gang leader who, by the way, mm -hmm. um, uh, in the second episode gets like high on heroin like by accident, which is like another cool flea tie-in. Like he could definitely pretend to be high on drugs. He's got that experience. Um, I think so. I thought that was like, I thought I thought that was really great. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, Owen Lars. Joel Edgerton, yeah. who we didn't get a lot of surprises out of this character. We've seen a lot of his appearance already in the trailer. We're going to see him some more. Um, something that was interesting to me though is when Riva is shaking everybody down in the town square she's like here looking for jedi she is demanding that whoever's hiding the jedi expose him and she probably through some kind of force instinct gloms on to owen and she gets right up in his face she's like what's your name lars do you have a family my family's of no concern to you um she knows that he's hiding something and his excuse is i have no love for the jedi this is why he would never uh protected Jedi. I've got no love for the Jedi. They're uh, vermin. I kill vermin on my farm, is what he says. And I know that he has resentments, but I'm not exactly clear on why he thinks the Jedi are vermin. They, they failed to protect Shmi's son, and that uh, they took him away, said that he was going to be this powerful warrior. He comes back, not able to save Shmi. And then Obi-Wan says, oh, yeah, he died. Here's mm -hmm. his kid. Yeah. Really, oh, really great job, Jedi. Thanks yeah. a lot for taking my, like, stepbrother and just completely ruining. Like, he was a slave, and then you made him a slave of an organization, and then he died in his early 20s. Well, Good then job. Why does he protect Obi-Wan? Like, why doesn't he just, like, sell him out? Because that opens the can of worms of, Okay, why do you know Obi-Wan? Yeah, true. Who's this kid? And yeah. just he just wants and also at the same time, he knows that Obi-Wan is protecting them. Yeah. As much as he doesn't want him around, Obi-Wan, he wants him around. Right. There's he wants him at just a distance. There's a cute thing I know you loved where uh I mean it's 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 established that Obi-Wan is just like doing uh assembly line labor. There it is. If you're with us on YouTube, you see something very exciting. We're gonna talk about it in a second. So he's working uh on basically a meat packing assembly line and he's getting paid less than half what the job is worth, and he gets like bust in and out of the factory every day, and he lives literally in a cave. It's not even the house that he has as Alec Guinness. It's like literally lives in a cave, and he has a personal relationship with a Jawa. I think this is the first time we've ever like had a Jawa like with the name and like his own personality and stuff. But he's absolutely a Jawa and that he's like cheating the human customer and yeah um but he has like a name and it's like kind of a cute interaction and Pika, he, I think. he sells ben um the toy ship that it's kind of a deep cut except for that you and i know it because you had the toy ship yourself growing up um that luke very briefly plays with in a new hope he's got this it's like this like 
you probably know the name of the the ship model. Yeah, it's a T-16 Skyhopper. And so it's also what he he has one of these ships. Yes. So this is a model of Luke's ship that he shoots Womp Rats in. Right. And so okay. Luke has a toy of his own ship. And so that's why it's extra cool. For it's him. like a little action but it's figure a symbol set of and of what? flight. And yes, it's okay. a symbol of flight and right. of what the galaxy's um, potential is. And that's why Owen doesn't like it. And so Ben discreetly like drops it off as like a gift for Luke. But then Owen returns it. And it's like kind of busted up, I think. And so somehow it's going to come back to Luke because he has it in A New Hope. But that was like a really cute, if subtle, reference to his relationship to to Luke, which is still yet to be exposed in this series because in the original Star Wars, Luke just knows him as old Ben Kenobi from beyond the Dune Sea. Hmm. I always felt, though... And I don't know why, but I always felt like they had a relationship, Yep. but that it's something that it's like, oh, old Ben, that neighbor that we haven't seen in a decade. Sure. That's kind of the old vibe. And that's, that's kind of exactly what we'll probably get out yep. of this is that they'll have an, a, a run in the next few episodes. All the posters show that the showdown between Vader and, and Obi-Wan looks to be on a rocky terrain. Mm. Um, so I don't know whether that will be Tatooine or a different planet. Um I was kind of thinking it was going to be a Mustafar part two, but I'm, I'm thinking that less now. Well, since you brought up Vader, this is my enduring curiosity about this two episode arc. This is the only thing that I didn't, I wasn't able to parse out and I'm wondering if you're able to. And it's in the last five minutes when Reva has cornered Obi-Wan in the hangar and she's cat and mouse style kind of taunting him and sort of reading his thoughts. And she it becomes clear that like she's basically trying to get Obi-Wan, if not for her own personal reasons, to please Darth Vader. And uh, so she references Darth Vader. It's shocking to Obi-Wan to learn that Vader is still around. And then she, in fact, says, yeah, Anakin Skywalker's still alive. And I really thought that Obi-Wan and Palpatine were the only two people who knew Anakin and Vader were the same person. So this was confusing to me. Thrawn also knows. Tarkin also knows. Okay. Um, although it's never confirmed that Tarkin knows, it's just incredibly like heavily implied. Sure, they don't talk um, about Bruno, but it's it's obvious. Exactly, yeah. uh, and 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 Thrawn made some comments to Vader, and Vader made some comments back, and Thrawn was like, "I get the picture. I won't say. I won't bring it up again." But Reva knows. Um, but Reva knows, and that's weird. Yeah. So my guess is she, like. She must have been an, abducted while Anakin was storming the temple or something. I don't know how she knows. That is weird. That yeah. is like, there's a couple questions. So there's there's two main questions that I'm sure this episode will answer. I'm sorry. I'm sure future episodes will answer, but this episode um, opened up uh, and some people are annoyed about it. And I think like, how dumb do you have to be? This We're a third done this show. Yeah. Give it the rest of the show before you say these are plot holes. Oh my God. They're, we're they're all, not. I very intentionally did not look at any uh, message boards today. I didn't because I'm very easily swayed and I just like, I almost always have a good feeling about Star Wars initially after I see it. And, you know, eventually I start to see some of its imperfections. Inevitably, that will happen with this show because almost nothing is perfect. But like, I was just, I was giddy as a schoolgirl after this. Oh, yeah. This, this two episode thing. And and by the way, like the, the minute total uh, of the two together, it's like about 85, 90 minutes. And so it was almost like watching a short movie. And I know they're not going to do this like in five days, we're going to get part three and it's only six parts in total. But I kind of think in hindsight, it would have been a really cool rollout method to do 
three 90 minute episodes three weeks in a row. Like it, it, we would essentially like get a trilogy, essentially get an Obi-Wan trilogy, but as TV movies with high budgets. That would be really cool. I yeah. think that would have been better. Yeah, I actually I think that would have been a lot better. It keeps a little bit Star Wars too with the Skywalker saga. I I, I think that's uh, would have been a very cool idea. I kind of wish they did that. Um, um, I, I saw some clickbait but, the other day. I didn't read the the article, but I saw some clickbait that uh, Ewan McGregor is uh, open to doing a second season of this show. And it's hard for us to know whether or that. not like that would even work narratively. I think there's something that is extra special about this miniseries, knowing that it's all we're going to get. Um, but it's also hard for me to say I don't want more Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. And so I don't know what to think about that. I completely agree on all of those things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, 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 that's, I share the same sentiment. I would want more, but I also don't mess with a good thing. And like, if you had a good story, then don't just continue it for the sake of it. Yeah. I, and so I don't I don't want that. I definitely don't want oversaturation. Um, and then, of course, there's another the other event that people are having issue with is um, the Grand Inquisitor getting stabbed. Oh, yeah. He dies. She kills him. Yeah. Um, no, 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 she doesn't. Oh, no. OK, so that's the that's the other thing is that it really looks like he dies. Sure, it does. Yeah. Um, but that's that is something I'm, I'm going to maybe start to have a problem with. The Star Wars keeps keep this up. Stop tricking, killing characters tricking us like, into thinking you've killed them. Yeah, like if Cad Bane isn't dead, I'll be livid. If yeah. um like yes, we had Maul come back. Yes, we had Palpatine come back. But like there's a certain element, like like Fennec Shand, like not every organ can be replaced. Right. Not everybody needs to become a cyborg. Right. Uh, uh, uh what's his name? Uh, Cobb Vance. Cobb Vance. Like all these characters I mean, who Chewie, are dying. Chewie and Leia and like yeah. and 3PO at one point, I think. And um yeah, well, Ray, like a lot of people kind of come back from the dead in Star Wars, especially recently. Abs absolutely. I just, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't need to happen like that every bloody time. Mm. Um, and so. So you just know canonically uh, that, that he does have storyline that goes beyond this point. The, the, the Ahsoka show is, is everybody's saying and every indication points to it being a sequel to Rebels. Yeah. So. Why on earth are they going to like completely uh, make rebels canonically a nightmare by taking by making the season one villain, the Grand Inquisitor, dead before the show even starts? Right. The show then makes no sense, and then all the effort that Dave Filoni, the guy who is currently heading up basically a, a good chunk of the, the continuity and Star Wars storytelling creativity. Um, that that work that you did we're going to just erase that by kind of unnecessarily killing a character in the second episode well we so can't there's no keep, way this character's dead we can't keep explaining our um ignorance with like well maybe flashbacks maybe there'll be flashbacks because we've said that for years now and there are very still very rarely flashbacks in star wars very rarely yeah uh i still think there will be some more a lot more in this in this series i think we're right. gonna ramp up um but even still, uh, the Grand Inquisitor is going to survive. I think we've seen another shot of him. I could be wrong, but I think we've seen another shot of him that we haven't seen yet. So that would mean that he could come back in this series. But it just seems a little unnecessary. Have her cut off one of his hands or something, and then we find out later that he's got a, he's had a robotic hand this entire time, and that I don't, I don't know, maybe wears gloves, and so that we'd never need to know it. But yeah. the the stab right through the gut—it's too death-like. Yeah, it is. It, 
characters need to to be able to be killed mm-hmm. and so that was like i'm I'm not against it i especially uh, villains it's, just, it's you have a lot of antagonists going here we should be yeah. kind of cutting them off when we have the opportunity but it's a swerve that's unnecessary yeah because yes it's a swerve like i just i, I ruined the surprise for you right now but like that's yeah. something whereas you would have seen a headline probably because that's a thing that people care about at the moment. It's right. like, oh, how's the Grand Inquisitor going to come back? Well, exact same way Fennec Shand yeah, came back. I, I guess we'll see. I'm not, I'm not, guts. I don't have too much emotion invested in the Grand Inquisitor, so it is what it no. is. Um, although uh, characters that have emotion invested in, and, and speaking of, uh, of clickbait headlines, about a month ago, we saw an article where Liam Neeson said that he would only come back to Star Wars if it were a movie. And this was like disappointing now it's it wouldn't be at all the first time an actor lied to preserve the secret that they're in the thing that's coming out uh andrew garfield but it also seemed like kind of this weird attitude to like is this old school mentality that movie stars have that movies are better than streaming tv series um and so it was a little concerning but then in it, and we still haven't seen quote qui-gon in, in obi-wan kenobi but we do see obi-wan wake up from a nightmare and he tries to summon Qui-Gon, and he fails to do so. And so that really suggests that Qui-Gon's going to come along in the next few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, we know that canonically uh, he has failed to communicate with Qui-Gon for a decade. Oh, what time are we at? A decade. Ten years after Revenge of the Sith. So right. he will figure it out in this series at some point, yeah. and we will get... That is just Liam Neeson being a bad liar i think so and uh i think he just chose the to to pick some reason so that it wasn't just like uh, a wait and see he wanted to he thought oh i'm gonna throw people off the scent nobody was thrown off the scent no (laughs) i think i think you're right any other big thoughts takeaways we just finished this a few hours ago uh obi-wan kenobi episodes one and two um, I didn't really do a good job of formulating notes or in a, a ton of preparation in that regard because it was it's easily the the hottest off the press I've ever seen something. It's also maybe the only time I've ever seen something once in which uh, we've kind of talked about it. Maybe we did that with like The Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker after we saw those in the theater sure. or something probably. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I, I, I loved it. I uh, There's very, 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 very little I could see... Um, coming to develop issue with Mm -hmm. at any point. And so I can foresee myself watching these episodes with similar regularity to, uh, to movies and with a lot more regularity than uh, a lot of other episodes. I mean, it felt as engaging as the Mandalorian does. And uh, that was something that book of Boba Fett lacked for most of the episodes. Yeah. Uh, there was maybe like one and a half episodes or two. There was two episodes of Book of Boba Fett that really were gripping. And not about and, Boba Fett. And they were the two not about Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, whereas this was this show has been two for two on on, on gripping me. And so I'm, I'm extremely excited about that. Uh, Riva is a really interesting can of worms. I really want to know more about her backstory and why she hates Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, she's and, the other main uh, character of the series more Vader. the three of them uh ewan and hayden and 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 moses ingram have yes. been doing all the promotion uh and speaking of hayden the last shot we see at the end of the second episode is vader's face for the first time in a long Wrinkly time vader and he's he's more fucked up than i thought he'd be facially he's rough look he doesn't look like hayden christensen 
No, he doesn't. Uh, and to be honest, like it is crazy how good George Lucas is at um, picking, well, just ca- well, at, at casting to a certain degree. As much as uh, we give him shit for certain casting decisions, uh, Hayden Christensen really is looking like Sebastian Shaw uh, in certain ways. Yeah, sure. There is elements of his face that are aging in line with that. And I would never in a million years have guessed that because he also still looks really good and young. And so he's this perfect blend, but, and he's also going to look, he looks so fucked up so that you, you can't really tell who it is. Right. Uh, but overall uh, it's just, it was just exciting to see him in there. Uh, and I expect we'll see a lot more uh, face of Vader, whether he fights him without his mask on to prove a point or something where just, we need, we need a lot of face time. The other uh, familiar face we saw was Tamora Morrison as like a, a born on the 4th of July vet sitting on the side of the street with his Clone Wars armor with a big beard mm-hmm. begging for Obi-Wan's money, which was like kind of dark, but like a very clever idea for painting the scene. Well, also for really giving some PTSD to Obi-Wan. I mean, like yeah. this is a face that he knew by the million mm-hmm. and he hasn't seen this face in a decade. No. And so that would be, that'd be pretty stressful. <laughs> yeah. I recognized the voice right away before they showed the face. I was like, Oh, we're going to get him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And it, it just seems too right. I and mean, he will be extremely present in Ahsoka. I cannot imagine him not being Rex as a main character in that show. So yeah. we're going to get a lot of Tamora Morrison still. Uh, okay. I want to talk about star Wars celebration. More exciting news than I expected to get. Did not expect to see like trailers and stuff. Yeah, no, very, very exciting. Andor looks awesome. It just, it seems like it's got that Rogue One vibe, but a lot of prequel vibe too with the political angle. And so that's that's something that I'm extremely excited about. I was hoping we were going to get a lot of politics from that. And we indeed are. It's going to be two seasons of 12 episodes. So there was rumors that it was going to be five and then it got cut to three, but no, it's two, 24 episodes total. That sounds great. Seems like they've got a story that they want to tell. Season one will take place over the course of one year where it, or either one year or yeah, one year and season two will take place over four years. Mm. So it's, it's kind of weird in that regard. Um, but it'll bring it right up to rogue one, the way that rogue one brings us right up to a new hope. So that will be kind of a cool style that they're going to be continuing to do. So that's, that'll be interesting. Um, but this seemed to have a lot of focus on Mon Mothma and uh, a lot of just new characters. Uh, yeah, Mon in... Mothma's like looking young, looking totally different yeah. yet again. Different, not the big white robe this time on Mon Mothma. Yeah, she's not wearing the giant sheet. Right. She's uh, being a, a senator, but also like they're like the intrigue of being at these like political dinner parties and like, these swanky gatherings where you're leading a rebellion behind the scenes. And so we'll also likely get some Jimmy Smith's there too. And uh, yeah, that show is exciting and it comes August 31st. So it's really quite soon. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I guess we kind of knew that was coming, but we've had, again, we've been so distracted by Obi-Wan Kenobi because of the, the, the flash of it because of, of, of mm. frankly some of the familiarity of it um and it'll be interesting to see if unfamiliarity is an undoing for for andor but as you said optimistically i think it has an opportunity to be like a real sleeper hit for them if people give it a chance it is also the highest budget that yeah. they've used and so that's something to not be taken for granted and it looks it it looks 
excellent. So um, I'm really excited to kind of see how that's going to, how that's going to land in total. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård looks cool. And um, it just, yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be a, a really good era blend and also touching on some things that we haven't really touched on much. When you blow up Hosni and Prime and The Force Awakens, it eliminates a lot of the ability to do political intrigue. And so I'm really, really excited for that. Notably and also- Could the, see a lot of Papa Palpatine. Uh, Cassian himself is not obviously in the trailer. I, I didn't see him anywhere. He's in it a couple of spots, but not much. Fascinating. Right. He's not in the trailer he, much. He's like the namesake for the show and they really downplayed him in the teaser. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that is true. I think it, it, that could point to it being an ensemble show, um, which would, if that's the case, would mean it's poorly titled. But um, but also maybe it will reflect a bit on his family. Uh, there were some shots that also made yeah. me believe, like, is that a young Cassian? And so there could be some flashbacks to when he was six years old. Uh, well, it's I interesting. Is, it, you say that it might be poorly titled because obviously there's been a recent history of Star Wars just naming content after characters and then introducing it to be an ensemble thing. That was the case with Solo, which was not just about one guy. Granted, he was the obvious protagonist, um, as is Obi-Wan Kenobi in Obi-Wan Kenobi, although there was definitely a... a there should have been a discussion about whether or not we should have incorporated Anakin more obviously into the title of this show. Um, I think they just want to be uh, mm. as 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 upfront about what they're delivering as possible, just in the interest of like getting eyeballs on their content. And so they're like, well, you wanted the Obi-Wan Kenobi show? We're going to call it Obi-Wan Kenobi. You can't miss it. And maybe that was the case with Han Solo as well. I don't think that there's as much value in doing that for Andor. And so if you're going to make it an ensemble yeah call call it something a little bit more all-encompassing as opposed to just this word which is not familiar to the vast majority of entertainment viewers even cassian is more recognizable than the word andor yeah those are all really good points uh, of all the shows to to lean on a name it was the one that makes very little sense to do yeah especially if it's not incredibly focused on him but if it is like maybe it is a show about his family and i think that could be very logical to make and or a good title um but uh from what i gather otherwise there should have been something with the word rebel probably in the title would have made more sense yeah. but that's also jumping the gun we haven't seen anything more than a teaser right okay so we talked about um skeleton crew uh not much yeah, more we can say about that but that's exciting yeah um overall um uh, there was lots of talk about Obi-Wan, um, talked about Skeleton Crew, talked about Andor, um, Acolyte and uh, Ahsoka are under under underway and in production, I believe, or are scheduled for their 2023. Uh, Mando season three is scheduled for February uh, 2023. Yep. Yep. Uh, and we also had a trailer for that. And so that looked really, really uh, excellent. A teaser didn't give much away. Yeah. Uh, Bo-Katan looks like she's going to have a bigger role this season, which is no surprise. Um, well, also, uh, we, we know that Taika's trilogy is definitely on like on the books now. That's movie. probably, yeah, his movie. That's or coming he... next. I don't think it was a trilogy. Maybe I just misspoke. Um, okay, yeah, it was for a second. I... Maybe yes, I was, that I was be the next confusing movie. it, I think, with ryan johnson's trilogy which was also in the news last week when they again said yeah we're not definitely not doing it but we're not really talking about it much so don't like and and that that was kind of the, anytime you bring up ryan johnson it, it invites people to be shitty in ways that i don't approve of um 
but they basically said like, yeah, it's on the back burner right now. And a bunch of whiny people on the internet celebrated. Um, mm. I don't know. I, I, I would like to see more Ryan Johnson, star Wars, but I kind of have a feeling we never will. I agree with you on yeah. that as well. Yeah. I would like to see more. Uh, I think he could bring a lot, but his focus is on uh, Knives Out and yeah. his Netflix deal at the moment. But uh, beyond that, it's it's a possibility. Star Wars is going to be a, an IP for a long time. Yeah. And so uh, there's no, and Ryan Johnson's still a young, very, very young filmmaker. So, well, he's and got he's, got a, he's got a good backbone too. Like he's been a really good sport about the Star Wars stuff. And I think he genuinely likes Star Wars. There's a part of me that thinks mm -hmm. he might have an attitude of like, well, fine, I don't need this. I, I'm Oscar nominated. I can create other franchises and uh, I'll do just fine without Star Wars. But also something we've learned from Star Wars and Obi-Wan Kenobi is a perfect example is that time can heal all bitterness. And suddenly stuff mm. we used to be shitty about, we get really nostalgic for. And in 15 years, people might be like really psyched to see what he'd do with new Star Wars. Yeah, I think that as an overall, even the people who didn't like The Last Jedi agree that it's at least beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something that people always will say. Um, and so if you have seen any of his other movies and you know how beautiful the Star Wars movie he can make. And I, I think, yeah, there's, there's too much uh, opportunity there that he could still be, make some excellent Star Wars, but that is something that is on the back burner. Uh, the focus is uh, definitely going to be this Mando verse uh, and Ahsoka and Rosario Dawson uh, keeps talking about how much she's, she is in love with the opportunity to be playing such a, a important character and wants to do it for the long haul. And so yeah. that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, she's been a great ambassador for Star Wars, as you like to say. Yeah, absolutely, and that's and that's really important. Um, but we didn't uh, we didn't receive a ton of uh, much more info. Uh, just kind of trickled uh, bits of info throughout the day, and we'll obviously be getting more throughout the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, but the the primary news being the release of those first two episodes of Obi Wan, and then the the trailers, of course, for Mando season three and Andor. Um, and uh, announcement of skeleton crew. So uh, lots, a lot for one uh, for one day or twenty four hour period. Well, as I s suggested, teased at the start of this episode, technology has been a bit of uh, a foe to me today. And you may have noticed if you're joining us on YouTube that my webcam cut out about ten minutes ago. And so I think that is a good sign that we should wrap things up. Uh, let Obi Wan Kenobi chapters one and two. Uh, digest a little bit further, but if you have any thoughts, any curiosities, any observations about this initial introduction uh, into the series, please let us know. Tweet at Recorder66 or email Recorder66podcast at gmail.com. Uh, rate and review on your preferred podcast app. We're going to try and do podcasts about uh, the next uh, four episodes of this series as they come out. I'm going to get married at some point in there, and so there might be a, a week's delay on one of them, but uh, yeah, uh, we're going to talk a lot about Obi-Wan in the coming weeks, and we'd like you to be a part of that conversation. But until we're together again, may the Force be with you.